Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Leaving the Yard. Normally, I would say Zach and the Professor here on the fan, but uh, you'll notice, especially on Facebook, an empty chair. Tony Kirk and family are uh, off to yet another vacation, and so we have no uh, co-host today. And this must be a tough gig, or I must be a bad co-host. It was like pulling teeth to get somebody to come in today. None of the potential co-hosty guys were available today. Dodger Danny had a previous engagement. Jason Boston doing a little uh, buckets with uh, Boston lessons today. Billy Lavender previously committed. So uh, you're stuck with me, which is fine. We'll make it through the hour together. Coming up in about 15 minutes, uh, we do have a guest coming in. That is uh, Pleasant Grove lineman Caleb Hackelman, who's going to spend a segment with us as we talk about uh, the process of being a very highly sought after and regarded lineman in the state of Texas and how the recruiting process is going for that young man. He's about to be a junior, part of the class of 2024, and uh, we'll visit with him for a little while. And yesterday at the end of the show, I told you that Chris uh, uh, Zilli was going to be joining us, the uh, University of Arkansas baseball player. And this morning he called me and said, I'm going to be on the road. I cannot do it today. Can we do it another time? So when I get back from vacation on the 12th, we'll start figuring out some way to get Chris on with us. I apologize for anybody that was looking forward to that one. I was looking forward to that one. But, uh, you know, they're young guys, and they got stuff going on. And so he uh, he had to beg out for today, but he said, we will certainly do it when I get back in. And I also talked today to uh, Jackson Cobb, the uh, former Pleasant Grove Hawk, who we talked about yesterday is decided he's heading to the University of Kansas to play baseball. He's on a plane flying back from California. He and I visited uh, while he was on the ground earlier today, and when uh, he gets back from uh, what he's doing at summer camp, then he's going to come in the show with us as well when he pops back in. So um, a lot of moving and shaking going on, but nobody actually here today. So uh, we tried. It was the old college try effort. But we will uh, we'll move on without all those guys. Do want to remind you that uh, next Monday, no program. It's the 4th of July, so no Kirk and Company and uh, no leaving the yard. Tuesday, Tony's still gone, so again, no Kirk and Company on Tuesday. But we will have leaving the yard on wind, uh, Excuse me, on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Dodger Danny's in here co-hosting and uh, Galen Williams, a former uh, Arkansas high offensive lineman who's now off at college. He's coming home this weekend, and so he's going to hop in here on uh, on Tuesday at about 5.30. We'll visit with him and get the lowdown on what's going on in his world. So we got all that coming up. But on Friday, we got there's a lot of stuff that's kind of started yesterday and has rambled its way into today. Some of it's good stuff, and we'll certainly get to it and talk about it. Some of it's kind of weird stuff, um, and some of it's just sad and tragic stuff. And I hate to start with sad and tragic stuff, but the uh, the news came out today about the death of uh, Baltimore Ravens linebacker uh, Jalen Ferguson, who passed away, I think it's been a week and a half or so now, um, 
at 26 years old, when the police say there was no foul play involved, which is what they said when they when they went to his home and found him deceased, it's always that that red flag of there's going to be something bad here. And uh, it took until today for the autopsy to reveal, I kind of guess what everybody was afraid of, that drugs were involved in Ferguson's passing. They found a uh, combination of fentanyl and cocaine in his system. And here you are at 26 years old, having a pretty good career. You're playing in the NFL. Of course, you don't know, we don't know what was going on in his personal life. There's no idea, but it's just, you know, when that came today and that news kind of landed in, in our blotter, I'm like, gosh, not again, not, not again. You know, we, we saw some tragic ones, the passing here recently of Jeff Gladney in a car accident. You kind of say the same thing. Gosh, not again, not a going too fast in a car accident and late at night and it's just a bad recipe. Well, here we are with a young man who's uh, right in the middle of a career. And uh, one more time, we got to talk about somebody that made really bad decisions and why anybody at this stage, with all we know about fentanyl, why anybody at this stage goes anywhere near the stuff is just, it's Russian roulette. And so uh, his family's going to have to do a a funeral this weekend, and he was a Louisiana kid. And I'm going to bury his son who... uh, does that you know making better money than 90 percent of the population 95 percent of the population probably and and does that it's just that that era or aura rather of uh, invincibility nothing can kill me nothing's gonna get me down i'm strong i'm young i can do this and now we're talking about him using a cocaine fentanyl cocktail and dead at 26 terrible the bizarre was a story that uh, popped up a day or two ago, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it with all that was going on. And by the way, we, second half of the show today, we're going to spend the time talking a lot about the, the college football landscape, the USC-UCLA merger into the Big Ten, made it official last night, and and uh, where that conference, the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, and ultimately even the Big 12 go from here, where all of these conferences are going to move next i mean the board's now all about chestnut checkers and there's a lot of moves that are sitting there i had a little time today with uh, zach barnett Uh, he and i texted a little bit back and forth i read some of the stories that he wrote today about this and we've had zach on the show before um and and kind of go through one or two of the stories that he wrote that were really thought-provoking about what's next steps that are going to happen as a result of usc and ucla's decision yesterday to join the big 10 but um, we'll get to that second half of the show. Uh, Will Middlebrooks, Liberty ILO grad, had him on the show countless times, living down in Florida now with uh, with his wife and, and, and daughters. Uh, he's been doing some work in Boston for the Red Sox as an analyst uh, on their uh, TV broadcast. Well, apparently he made some comments during one of the presentations earlier this week or the end of last week that caught the attention of an umpire, Laz Diaz. If you haven't seen this, Diaz did the exact wrong thing that you don't do when 
you think the conversation's about you. Now, the conversation or the posting or whatever it was that Will did had to do with the fact that, you know, the the accuracy of calls behind home plate, and he never mentioned Laz Diaz's name. Never said it. He talked about, and, and part of this conversation starts with the fact that Major League Baseball looks like it's getting closer to a automated umpiring system in 2024. Looks like we're going to be at least another season after this one, and then we'll probably see the in, the introduction of some form or fashion of automated umpiring. We've got already the box. They've got the screen on the television screen where we see where a pitch is, and we see if it matches up with the umpire, and now it's just a matter of figuring out how to make that system work either you know, ring it in the guy behind the plate's ear to tell him it was a ball or it was a strike, but it may no longer be the man behind home plate who's making that decision. Well, anyway, as all part of that conversation, here's Laz Diaz. He gets on social media. Bad move already. And he says this to Middlebrooks. You're not an umpire, and you don't know what goes on in the umpire world of life. You as a player was supposed to be an outright superstar for Boston, and we're already going in the wrong direction, and you didn't live up to that, so that's the umpire's fault. Be real. Who does that? Who does that? What umpire taking not direct personal criticism from an analyst but an in general conversation about performance behind the plate, etc., now goes after a former player whose career was cut short by multiple bad injuries. Horrific. The broken leg, it was a horrific injury. Who does that? Well, Middlebrooks responded. Here you go. Professional of you, Laz. If you don't want me to talk about umpires, then maybe keep my name out of your mouth as well. Not once did I blame an umpire for not staying healthy or not playing well. Good to know those umpire rabbit ears still work. Laz Diaz bought right into and continues to cement our stereotype about the oversensitive umpire behind the plate and can't even deal with the constructive criticism of an analyst talking about umpires in general and how they perform. Uh, Just unforgivable to go after Middlebrook's career being cut short by injuries and say you were supposed to be a superstar and you're blaming us. Just bad form. Why, when you go to the ballpark, there's nobody there wanting to watch an umpire. You're there as window dressing. You're making sure everybody's playing according to the rules. It is not you. It is the guys in uniform, the gals in uniform that were there to watch, not you. Laz Diaz believes it's him, or at least he sure comes across that way when he posts something like that. And, of course, it's personal here. I mean, Will's our guy. It's personal when you do that. Now you're going to have not only Will, but anybody that's friends of Will who are going to come back at you and say bad form, bad taste, and really a bad way to handle what should have been a pretty simple situation. All right, it's about 11 and a half after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Uh, Zach and the professor, only one of us today, here on the fan 107.9. Well, we got a new sign, Leopardland sign. Apparently, uh, Earl Gill must have brought that in. I did not see that in the past. So in our background, we got Leopardland. Good deal. 
Let's take the break. We'll come right back. Caleb Hackelman's going to join us next. We'll talk a little uh, offensive line play with a young man for the Pleasant Grove Hawks when we come back. Around the fan, 1079. Prepare for the future and reach your full potential at Liberty Ilo ISD. At Liberty Ilo, our educators will assist your child to become a college graduate and or career ready. We believe a safe and secure environment provides the peace of mind necessary for the pursuit of excellence. Our school environment gives our students and staff the freedom to pursue and achieve the highest levels of performance. As we say at Liberty Ilo, leopard pride never dies. Did you know there are 52 Arkansas State Parks? Yep, one for every week of the year. Not that we expect you to visit all 52 state parks in a year, but you could if you wanted to, starting this week. So whether you like to hike, canoe, swim, fish, or just relax, all 52 Arkansas State Parks are open and ready for your visit. Pick your park, your place to stay, and plan your next adventure, all at ArkansasStateParks.com. Brought to you by this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. Our connections make powerful things happen, uniting individuals and communities. We are Rotary. We are people of action. With over 1 million members, we know what people can do when they come together. Around the world, generations of leaders build new friendships and solve problems, turning great ideas into reality. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org action. What makes essential workers essential? We build safe roads for you to drive on. We harvest fresh produce for your families to eat. We help you heal when you're sick. We get you where you need to go. We keep where you work and live clean and safe. We make sure you get what you need to make your household work. You're the essential workers who help our nation run. You're in every city, town, and corner of our country, and you come from all over the globe. And you have essential protections under the law. I'm Marty Walsh. The Wage and Hour Division at the Department of Labor helps ensure you receive the essential protections you deserve. If you have questions about your pay or about your job protection during an illness, visit our website or call 866-4US-WAGE. That's 866-487-9243. We can provide help in more than 200 languages. Brought to you by the United States Department of Labor. Welcome back. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Normally Zach and the Professor. Just Chuck Zach today. Tony Kirk will be back on uh, Wednesday of next week. And uh, joining us in studio this afternoon, first-time guest, Caleb Hackelman from uh, Pleasant Grove is in here. First of all, good to see you. Yes, sir. So our first radio interview in studio? Yes, sir. First one. All right. Good deal. Now, um, I'm assuming you didn't have anything to do with 7 on 7. Uh, last no, week, did you? No, I did not. Now, do you do you miss that? Did you go down at all with them? No, I no, didn't. you didn't. Do you no, miss sir. that where they're out there playing and you're you know not? Well, you know, I, I prefer blocking. You know, I don't like running around and catching balls and all that. You know, I, li- I like my job. And, and it was a little warm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
Now you've been a busy guy already this this year. Yes, sir. You have let's see, uh, National Honor Society. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Yes, sir. I start Thanks, with that sir. because I'm a classroom teacher, and so in my mind, kudos. National Honor Society is not everybody. Yes, sir. So congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. For that. Now, what'd you do to get that? Uh, you know, it's try to shoot, shoot, get all A's. You know, okay, just have good grades. So you got all a straight A student. Yes, sir. All the way through. Mm-hmm. Have you had Baldwin yet? Yeah, I've had yes, Baldwin. you made an A in there. Yeah, I got an A. In all right, class. you're all right then. You'll be okay if you if you got an A in Baldwin's class. It wasn't that sleeping class, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, all right, it was a- <laughs> I heard a kid didn't make an A in that. Couldn't keep fall- couldn't <laughs> fall asleep. I don't understand that. Uh, but National Honor Society. Yes, sir. And you have been bouncing around the state of Texas. I guess looking at schools. Yes, sir. What do you think? Who who've you and I and the state of Arkansas? Let's not leave them out. You've been at both, right? Yes, sir. So tell me where you've been so far. Been Baylor, been to Arkansas, been to Louisiana Tech. I've been to I haven't been to Texas Tech yet. But, but they were my first. They were my first offer. I haven't been there yet. Okay. I'm trying to think of who else. Been to Arkansas. Right. Arkansas was a cool place. Ole Miss, been Ole Miss. You've been Ole Miss too. All yes, right, sir. so you have been bouncing around. Now, yes, have you been doing camps or are you doing visits? Uh, it's mostly been camps. Okay, tell me what's going on at a camp for a lineman. What's going on for an offensive lineman when you show up at well, one of these camps? For a lineman, usually, some some camps we run the forty, but it's like the forty doesn't matter as much for offensive offensive linemen. It's just like you're kind of like your twenty yard, twenty yard, ten yard split, and all that. So we usually start out with like measurables, height, weight hand size, arm length. Okay. And then we go into most some some camps it's like agility, like bag drills to, to show your footwork. Right. Other camps we just go straight into like um I guess like driving, hitting bags, you know, offensive line work. Okay. But uh, they're not really instructional camps, they're more like combine camps. Well, it's it's kind of like half and half. It's like some like the Baylor camp for example was like mostly like it was like they were focusing on coaching more or less than like evaluating. Okay. But like an old Miss camp, that was like going through agility bags and you was more you're more getting evaluated. So you you talked about 4 and Texas Tech being a 5. You haven't gone to that one yet though. Yes, sir. What's the value for you in going to those camps? It just shows you like as far as you know, since Pleasant Grove, we're out of wing T. It right. gives you like um, more of a standpoint of colleges don't do that, but at the same time, you can still be in a wing T and you can still. It's like run blocking is a mindset, and I feel like that's what gives me a, like an edge and advantage over other players in my class. So the other the, the, the colleges you're looking at don't really care about what offense an, an offensive lineman's oh, running. No, sir. It's not like being a system quarterback. If you're if you're a wing T quarterback, we've had Ben Harmon in here last week. You're a wing sure. T quarterback. It's a little hard people look at you because you're under center not in the gun not throwing the ball over the place and in college they're certainly doing that yes sir so they don't care no no they don't care all right do they do they care about pleasant grove's a, a 4a and a pretty good size right in the middle 4a yes, sir. do they do they measure you or are you are you seeing more guys from bigger schools showing up at these camps or do you think it's really a cross-section of everybody it definitely is i think it's a cross-section of everybody because there was like last let my at the old miss camp there was kids there from like six man five man team really is there linemen yeah there's a lot of linemen mm-hmm. who's a lineman playing six-man football uh, maybe, was it, he wasn't a quarterback, was he? No, I don't, I don't right. think he was a quarterback. <laughs> I think there were some defensive linemen as well. Nice. So what do you look for when you go to these camps? Mm, I look for – I just I just like look at the coaching staff, you know, kind of see if I would fit in there. Right. 
and then I'll probably I'll look for like the facilities, you know, and all that. So, you, so. you're actually getting a peek at yes, some sir. of these schools without having to take an official visit. Yes, sir. Very nice. Now, are you going to take some official visits this year? Uh, I haven't said I haven't had any set up, but I'm sure I'll take. Okay. I'm sure I'll take a couple. Got any in mind that you would like to take? Not as right now. Not yet. No. Okay. So let's talk about the camps you went to. This, by the way, is Caleb Hackelman in here today. Um, you, you went to Baylor. Yes, sir. And got a pretty big offer, a good offer from Baylor. Yes, sir. How did that camp go for you? What did you think? I feel like I did really good at that camp, and they said they liked my character and how I was able to move and all that on the offensive line. Okay. Did you meet Coach Aranda, or was it? Uh, yes, sir. I met Coach Aranda. He was okay. actually the one who told me I was getting the offer. Really? Yes, sir. Nice. Were you surprised by that one? I kind of was, yeah, because I was expecting – I just thought I was going to come up and meet him before I left the camp and right. ended up telling him I was going to offer. I was like, wow, okay. Now, how do you – you know, there was a guy the other day that was uh, posting something on social media. One of the uh, uh, receivers of Texas just signed. Um, and he had he, he posted, telling coaches I'm not accepting your offer really does kind of – have to make you a man. You got man up and tell some guy that you really like and really respect and has really gone after you. Man, sorry, I, I'm picking Texas instead of in this guy's case, Oregon. I think was one of his choices, and Michigan was the other. He's got to call those Jim Harbaugh and say, "Sorry, Jim, I'm going to Texas." Some point in time, you're going to have to make those calls. Yes, sir. Are you looking forward to that? Are you like, I don't want to tell those guys that I like well, all these guys. I think really a college coach is definitely going to understand. You know, making a, when I make a decision about that, right. So what are you looking for when you're looking at these schools? Um, you know, I'll, I'm looking for a good offensive line coach. Okay. You know, um, Coach Mateos from Baylor, he's a pretty good offensive line coach. Yep. Arkansas has a good offensive line coach. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, I just – I also want to see, like, the school, like the atmosphere and the culture of it as well. What do you want to declare as a major? What do you want to do? I have not decided. You just want to play football I, right now. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I haven't really thought about no that. No thought about that, but that's all right. you got right. plenty of time. You haven't been in your it's junior right. year yet. Talk to me about Arkansas going up there. How was that trip? It was pretty cool. I've been, I'd been up there I'm trying to think. When did we go up there? January. We okay. went up there in January, and we went up there for a junior day. All right. And I, that's when I kind of I kind of developed a relationship with the offensive line coach. You know, I talked to a bunch of coaches over there. Okay. And it was a pretty cool deal. I got to see a bunch of the facilities, you know, see the weight room. Wait, the weight room was pretty cool. And I was, I talked to um, the, the assistant offensive line coach as well. That's who I talked to the most at that okay. camp. Is Landon Jackson working on you, trying to get you up there? Uh, I, I've talked to him a couple times. I was going up there. The last camp I went to, actually, I saw him up right. there. He's not working you hard, though, huh? No, not he's yet. Not, working me, not, not yet. yet. He's waiting to see. Yeah, he's waiting to All see. All right. Uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> now, we, we mentioned at the beginning this seven on seven, and you didn't go to that, obviously, as a lineman. No, sir. But you guys have a lot of talent that's coming back this year. Yes, sir. Of course, Akari got hurt last year. Mm. We'll come back and talk about that. But you got Vic back. You got uh, Bordley back. You got Landon's little brother. I mean, there seems to be a lot of top end talent at PG. Am I missing somebody that should be in that conversation? RJ Collins. RJ, okay. He's he's fast and he can he has hands as well. All right. He's pretty talented. Oh, dad's giving us a hint. Who's who else? Who dad? No. <laughs> he's telling somebody else. Let me try to think. That's all I got on the mind. I'm sure I'm missing some. Oh, Jamon. All right. Jamon Wheeler. He he's gonna be he's gonna be good. So you got another one. Yeah, he's a he's a freak. Uh, what position? Uh, defensive end. Okay, so we got defensive. Who's next to you? Where's I need some offensive linemen in oh, this thing. Darryl, it doesn't work. Daryl Smith. All right. 
He'll be good. He he went from 380 to 300, and he, he slimmed down really well, and he, he can move really well. Wait, 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 wait. He went from 380 to 300. 380 to 300. Holy cow. How do you do that? I'm trying to go from two, you know, 240 to 230, and it's not happening. <laughs> Your coach Epstein got him on a die, and he just he made oh it work. Oh, my gosh. All right, so he, where is he going to play? Uh, right guard. guard or or the guard, all right. Strong guard. All right, so who else? Then we have Cade Martin. Okay. Quick tackle. He's he's really good tackle. All right. And then two undecideds. Trying to think. Um, Eddie Tank. Okay. I think I think he's going to be. I think he's going to develop into a really All good right. offensive lineman as well. So, how many of you guys were starters last year? Um, Cade Martin was a starter. Then Daryl Daryl kind of went from like guard from tackle to center. Okay. And then, and you, Caden Allen, and me. Yes. Okay, so four, four are back from last year. Is there? Well, that's pretty good. Is there? You know, I, I go back to the 2017 Hawk team, which I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing about. They had three or four really big, good linemen, good, def- good offensive, defensive linemen, flip both ways. And I always thought that that was probably the best team PG's had to this point in time because of how big and, and good the offensive line was. And those guys transitioned to defensive line as well. Are you a guy that wants to play both sides, or are you going to play strictly offensive side? I'm, I'm playing both sides right now, but it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, if they need me at defensive line, I'll play defensive line, but I'm mostly I prefer offensive line. I, going both ways, especially early in the year. It's hot. These are not district games. You really want to be out there for both sides of the ball? It doesn't matter, you know. Just get out there. You know, if they need me there, <laughs> they I'll need play. you playing. Yeah. Tell me about Akari coming back now. Is he? Is he look good? Does he look healthy? Oh yes, sir. He, he? Akari's. He's doing good. Healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. Now, obviously, horrible injury to start the year last year. Yes, sir. You guys had to really shift things around and rethink it. Yes, sir. What was the value of that going into this year, having gone through last year? Well, I think. I mean, we were as a team last year. You can see as we started going on in the playoffs, going to the district, and I just, I think we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do good with Car. You know, Jarrett stepped up last year. Sure did. He did. He did. He did really good last year for being a freshman. He's yep. stepping up. But I just think it'll be a different game this year with Car. What does Akari bring to the table that nobody else does? He can run. <laughs> I mean, he's fast. Really fast. He's very yeah. fast. And is he hungry this year? You think? Oh, Having missed yeah, last for year. Sure. Yes, that makes him a little scary, doesn't it? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Now, we're in a region where, of course, districts still got Gilmer. Yes, sir. Carthage is still sitting out there someplace. I think ratings came out the other day, and you guys are fifth in the state. Yes, sir. Were you surprised at the at where you landed, too high, too low, or just right? You know, I think I think it's kind of good that we got placed fifth because – it kind of it kind of gives us something to show people that they're wrong about that, and then okay. we'll go and show them later this year in December. So it wasn't disrespecting you, no but way. it was just not quite high enough. Yes, sir. I mean, if you'd have been like 15, that's disrespecting no, you? No, yeah, yeah you guys have been pissed. Yeah. All right, so you're not that anyway, but you're a little bit miffed about the fact that now who's sitting in front of you? Who have they got in front of you? Uh, West Orange, Stark. I know Gilmer and Carthage. All right. I'm missing one. I can't. Well, the next one won't matter because you got to get through those two. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so. All right. Well, what do you think? We owe Gilmer, right? Oh, yeah. So, Gilmer's in district. 
Carthage is in Regent. Which of the two you get a little bit more pleasure out of beating this oh, year? Oh, Gilmer. Gilmer. Yeah, Gilmer. For sure. Tell me why. They're just, I mean, we're like rivals, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's get out there. It's different. Get out there and you play other team, but then you're out there against Gilmer. It's just ready to go. It's weird that we've got L.E. across town, and it's really not quite as emotional as with Gilmer, is it? Yes, sir. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a long time coming, though. You know, for, what, 20 years, Gilmer, or 15 years, Gilmer beat us every single time they played us. Yes, sir. And then all of a sudden, 2017 happened, and everything's different. Is their quarterback back again this year, or is he gone? He graduated. I think he graduated. Thank goodness. You get him out of there. Yeah, I know. Tell me about our defense. Where's our defense going to be good this year? I think we'll have a very good defensive line this year and a good secondary. Kari's going to play corner, isn't he? Yes, sir. He See, is. I, I and and I know he was on SMU camp and a couple others. They're looking at him at secondary, aren't they? Yes, sir. That's going to be his spot. He's going to make his money there. Yes, sir. Um, you got uh, Vic. Victor Shaw is already committed to UTSA. Yes, sir. How good's he going to be, or can he be? He, he, he's good. He's, What's the best part about Vic's game? I think his just athleticism. He can just move, and he can bend, and he's flexible. Yep, big guy that's flexible. It's Maybe. trouble. All right, I, I left one out. That's Jalen. Jalen, I think I think he's playing linebacker right now, and he can hit hard. So you're gonna have him in the backfield and at running and at linebacker. Yes, sir. Oh man, see that's not really fair, is it? He's a little too good to be on both sides of the ball. <laughs> if I'm a Hawk opponent right now, I'm listening to this going, oh, I don't know that I want to deal with Bordley on both sides of the ball. <laughs> He's kind of a quiet superstar, isn't he? Yes, sir. It's, which is, it's, would you prefer a rah-rah guy or a guy that just says, like, get on my back, we're just going to go? Definitely. I wouldn't prefer like a rah-rah guy. You don't like a rah-rah guy? No. All right. Now you got Coach Gibson. Yes, sir. Who's been there. It's starting to become – he's been there forever. It's only been eight years, but it feels like forever. Yes, sir. I'm going to give you a second. Give us love for Gibson. What's the best thing you can say about Coach Gibson? I mean, I love Coach Gibson. He's a great coach. Yeah. You know, he's like – he he's good. He um he coaches us. He, for, he for, works us hard. Yep. You know, tells us go through all of our values. I think he's just – and he and he's, focuses on stuff outside of football as well. Good. To set us up for life. Okay. All right, so when does camp start for PG? When do you guys go back for real? August 1st, I All think. right, first day of August. Yes, sir. Oh, it's going to be hot. I'm sure it will. Now, we had cramping issues in the past, and we've had this question for some of the players we've talked to. Some guys love bananas. We had one guy couldn't stand I think Chauncey Martin couldn't stand bananas. Some guys like pickle juice. What's your thing? I'm a banana guy. Banana guy. So you're going to load up potassium, no cramping. No. That's load the plan up. anyway. Yeah, that's the plan. All right. Perfect. Tell you what, it's nice meeting you. I know you got to go. It's about uh, 5.30, so I'm going to let you run. That's Caleb Hackelman. Uh, give us the dimensions now. What are you, 6'5"? I'm almost 6'6". Six, six. Almost 6'6". Six, 6'5 six, six. and like three quarters. Okay. I'm, I'm hovering around 270 right now. Where would you like – where's your ideal weight, you think? 270, 275. So you're almost yeah. there. You're about yes, where you want to be. Yes, you're not going to go a little heavier and try to lose some as you go into camp? You're afraid you're going to lose a little bit as you sweat it out? Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I'll probably lose like five somewhere around Well, that's there not bad. Camp, so I'm uh, so going to, to 275. Yes, sir. All right. But not 380. 
No, no, no 380. 380. <laughs> That's Caleb Hackleman. Good seeing you, sir. Hey, sir. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. Leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan. 1079. You stick around. We're coming right back. Hi, folks. Glenn Osborne with War Hyundai Texarkana. It's football season, and that means getting together to catch the game. But you know, when the game gets going, the drinks start flowing. And that's okay, because I always make a plan to get home safe before the action and the drinking begin. Don't wait until the game is over. Plan a sober ride before you drink, because a DWI could cost you thousands of dollars in fines and fees, jail time, and you could lose your license. Make your game plan so you don't drink, drive, go to jail. Sponsored by the Arkansas Highway Safety Office, the Arkansas Broadcasters Association, and this station. I'm Dr. Miller, a dentist and a volunteer for Dental Lifeline Network. DLN is a nonprofit that has helped me literally change the lives of people in my community through the Donated Dental Services Program. DLN asks dentists to volunteer to see just one of the many patients in need each year. If you're a dentist or know a dentist, please share this information. Like me, they can make a real difference in someone's life. DLN makes it easy. Go to willyouseeone.org to learn more. That's willyouseeone.org. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Maybe you're not sure how you'll make rent, or you lost your job. When you don't know where to turn, let 211 be your guiding light. Our guides are ready to connect you with the help you need. 211, how can I help you? Call or visit 211.org. 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Twenty-three minutes until six o'clock. Leaving the yard, Zach and the professor on the fan one oh seven nine. That was uh, Caleb Hackleman, by the way. If you are trying to figure out who was that guest, you guys had Caleb Hackleman. He's about to be a junior offensive lineman for a Pleasant Grove. Buddy Stavano, I agree. Bright future, good young man, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing a how the uh, Hawks are going to do this year. B, which offers are still coming so far. He said Arkansas, Baylor, Tech. He hadn't even been to Tech yet. Tech's made an offer. He's gone to Ole Miss. He's gone to La Tech. He's got a couple others I'm sure he's lined up for as the year goes by. Um, bigger offers. He's going to get bigger. He's just finished his sophomore year. Unbelievable. Lots to look forward to for him. All right, I said in the uh, first segment today, I wanted to spend some time uh, on the back end of the show talking about uh, college football's crazy that has gone on. Um, obviously, the news of UCLA and USC deciding to join the Big Ten is changing the landscape for everybody. And uh, I'm going to start on the back end of this and, and really kind of post. I, I saw a, a guy post this on social media today, and he was asking if you were the commissioner of either the Big Ten or the SEC. Who are your next four phone calls to? Because right now, everything's up in the air. The Pac-12's got to be, you know, teetering at the moment. They've lost the big markets that they have. 
their TV contract, which is coming up, now no longer has the the bottom half of California, which is going to be a ma- a massive hit to what networks are going to offer them to broadcast any of their sporting events. So you got to figure they're already out surfing around trying to figure out what do we do next. Is this a matter of trying to attract other schools to come join us? Are we obliterating this conference in its totality and are taking offers from the Mountain West or the Big 12 or Conference USA or whomever? They've got all of that problem to worry about. And and there are a handful of the schools in the current Pac-12 that are already making overtures about we want to get in the Big Ten as well. Oregon and Washington, who has been on no one's conversational radar. Oregon has been. Washington has not. But Oregon and Washington apparently are both flirting with or at least asking about, are you looking for more dance partners to go into the Big uh, Big Ten? Because we're interested in that. But the question was, if you're the commissioner of the Big Ten, who would be the four schools you would contact first to try to say, this is where we're going to fill this thing out and be done with it? Now, I went on there and I answered it myself today. And my four, the obvious one is Notre Dame. You're obviously calling Notre Dame first and saying, okay, this is 11th hour. What's about to happen when the dust settles from this is going to be the music stopping and no more chairs. So Notre Dame, are you in with us or are you going to go in with the ACC or are you going to stay independent in, in, in football? Because right now they're independent in football. They're in everything else with the ACC but not football. So Notre Dame's number one. I think Oregon makes a ton of sense. I think, and in my mind, I want as many schools west of the Rockies as I can get for a couple of reasons. Reason one, I, I want to have at least some way to alleviate the California schools having to go across the country for every game that they're going to have to play other than their home games. So if I could get two or three more dance partners along with Notre Dame, I'd have them in the West. And my three would be Oregon, Colorado, and Stanford. It gets me the Seattle market. It gets me the Denver market. And it gets me the Northern California market. And I now have five schools out in the West. I can tack Nebraska and and maybe an Iowa or what with them. And, and I'm going to split this conference in half. And if I can have five of them in the West and go Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and find me somebody else and that becomes one half or one division of the conference, and then everybody to the east is the other. Dragging more East Coast schools, in addition to what you already have in Maryland and in Rutgers, almost makes this thing untenable for those California schools. And part two of that problem, anybody in Penn State... Anybody at Maryland 
any and Rutgers, I'm, I don't care about Rutgers, but Penn State in particular. Anybody there going to wait up for the UCLA-Penn State game that's going to happen in Los Angeles for a 7 o'clock their time kickoff that's starting at 11 o'clock on the East Coast? The, the less of those we can do, the better it's going to work for the Big Ten. I, th- I think those make perfect sense. Now, the other question was, what about the SEC? Who does the SEC go after? And I think it's a harder conversation because the ACC is really the problem right now. They have their member schools. They've just signed here recently a uh, an agreement that locks them in for like the next 10 years, 12 years. They're locked in for a decade. So when we're all sitting around saying, well, they ought to go get Clemson and they ought to go get North Carolina and they ought to go get Florida State or Miami or Virginia. The only way that happens is if whichever of those schools decides to break away, there's going to be some ungodly penalty for breaking out of the agreement that they all have and as many years as they have it. It's not like you're getting out after one or two years and saying, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to try to get out a year early. What's it going to cost us? And you say it's $10 million and we'll pay it. If you're getting out a dozen years early, you may be looking at $100, $150 million to get out of that deal. So I don't know where the SEC goes necessarily, but to me the Big Ten is the more intriguing question right now. They're about to be the first nationwide conference. And think about that for a second. The SEC has done a real good job of bringing in Texas and Oklahoma. Big schools, prestigious universities, great programs, but they didn't really move the needle much on a national viewership basis they already had a&m you've added oklahoma okay the big 10 just went across the country and made their conference be in all time zones except mountain right now in all time zones conference little different and it's going to be a little different amount of money that's going to come their way when the next television contract gets negotiated and gets handed out which is why the SEC's decisions are going to be a big deal. Do they start going in that direction to the West? I don't see what benefit it is. I don't need anything else in Texas. I don't need Oklahoma State. What does Kansas do for me? None of those add prestige to the univer- to the uh, to the conference, especially not in what we're talking about is the behemoth of football playoffs and the potential money that's going to come from that. Who cares about Arizona and Arizona State? Don't care about them. Nothing. All right. We'll save it. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. Finish up this here in just a minute. It is uh, about uh, 14 minutes till 6 o'clock. Leaving the yard. Chuck's out studio solo today. Tony Kirk will be back on Wednesday. Take a quick break. We'll come on back in just a minute. I want to thank the folks over at Budweiser, Fast Signs, The Party Factory, Stuart Title, and High Tech Signs for making this possible. Quick break. We'll come back for the final. say consistency is the key to success. Cancer can feel like something we can't do anything about, but you can. There are screening tests that can catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. Begin cervical screening at age 25. 
At 45, start colorectal and breast screening. At 50, discuss lung screening with a doctor. Find resources for free and low-cost screening at cancer.org slash get screened. This is a public service message from the American Cancer Society. Ten minutes till six o'clock. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach with you this afternoon. 903-735-9905 is the Sonic Hotline. We'll open the phones for the last couple of minutes before we hop out of here for the Fourth of July weekend. Be safe this Fourth of July, please. Fireworks are serious. Be safe. That's all. Not going to do uh, any more than that to it. Just be safe. Couple of moves in the NBA. Crazy stuff in a couple of places. Uh, I'm not sure what the Minnesota Timberwolves are doing. They already have a uh, dominant big man in Carl Anthony Towns. Today they've acquired Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz, which really now gives them kind of a twin towers kind of thing. And I don't know if that means that Gobert is going to be inside and Towns is going to be more of a, a stretch four kind of guy, maybe a little more comfortable out away from the basket. But uh, they gave away a package of a handful of players, including uh, Malik Beasley, who used to be somebody, and uh, Patrick Beverly, who uh, we all know from uh, his days in the uh, area, that he is an uh, irritant, I guess, if nothing else, but a pretty good defensive ball player. Jazz are going to pick up a bunch of players as well as Minnesota's 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029 first-round draft choices. Now think about that one. Four of those draft choices, all of them are unprotected except, except the last one. So if Minnesota happens to, let's say Carl Anthony Towns gets injured and they collapse... Utah's picking up a draft choice that could potentially be the number one-ish pick in the draft next year, and then two years, and then two years after that, and then two years after that. Weird trade. Weird trade. But Rudy Gobert is heading to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Boston Celtics picked up Malcolm Brogdon today. I am a huge Brogdon fan. Uh, It was unfortunate when Milwaukee couldn't hang on to trying to make money room for guys like Chris Middleton and and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and ultimately uh, um, w- when they picked up Bobby Portis and others, they just didn't have money for Malcolm Brogdon. And Brogdon was, was shipped out to Indiana or actually signed a free agent deal with Indiana. Well, the, the Celtics acquired him for a handful of players in the first round draft choice. They're going to pick up uh, Danilo Gallinari as well, it looks like. The, the Spurs who got him in a trade the other day with uh, Atlanta released him today it looks like he is going to sign with Boston so Gallinari and Brogdon are about to be added into that mix in Boston and uh, a team that was right at the verge of winning an NBA championship they weren't as good as Golden State but they've added two veteran pieces that make them a whole lot better Golden State today losing Gary Payton uh, the third he's out signed uh, with Portland I believe and uh, they signed Kevin Looney. So Golden State's pretty much got their core back together again. Boston has enhanced theirs. And then there's Kevin Durant, who yesterday said, I'm done, trade me. And if you're the Brooklyn, if you're a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, what happened? 
Now, granted, you were terrible a couple of years ago. That was a bad organization. They weren't winning games, and they were on you know at a place where they recognize free agency is going to be our way to get good in a hurry, and so they did. They went and got themselves Kevin Durant, and then they added Kyrie Irving, and then we had COVID, and Kyrie didn't get vaxxed. And he couldn't play in games at all. And then it was no no home games, no games in New York. They get James Harden. Got your big three. Never really played together. Harden not happy. Ship him to Philadelphia. Get back a crappy Ben Simmons. And now you're looking at a team that potentially if Durant leaves, Irving, we all know Kyrie's a head case. So there's there's that as your show pony. There's Ben Simmons who hasn't played in multiple years now of actual, real, full-on season of basketball, and you're about to lose Kevin Durant. Now there's no telling what you're going to get back. Probably a lot of draft choices. If, if what we just saw for Rudy Gobert is anything, Brooklyn ought to get back first-round draft choices for the next decade for Durant. But the way it looks... They're going to end up with no actual players helping out Kyrie. Cap situation, it's been a nightmare. And now maybe the best player in the NBA, and you can argue who actually the best is, he may be the most talented player in the NBA, is going to force his way out. Well, wait, doesn't he still have a few years on his contract? He does. And contracts in the NBA don't matter. Player can say, I'm not playing, I don't care. And the franchise is stuck. It's not like other sports. You've only got a handful of guys. If the star doesn't play and he can force your hand to have to trade him, you have to trade him. And Brooklyn right now is maybe in a position to uh, rival some of the worst-run franchises in the league. Uh, if you didn't watch E60 last night, oh, you missed a great, a great program. And I know we're in the South and it's not a hockey area. But if you love sports, the E60 last night that uh, looked at the rivalry between the uh, NHL's Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche was spectacular. It reminded me just how many amazing players played on those two teams in the late 90s, early 2000s. And between them, they won five Stanley Cups. If that E60 rolls back around, I'm telling you, it's worth your time to sit and watch it. If you just If you love sports... Chris Ross and I are going back and forth last night. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, man, what about – it's it's phenomenal stuff. Two teams that hated each other and how they've put most of it beside uh, aside now. Re- really a, really an outstanding piece. E60 was really good last night. And uh, let me see. Quick uh, reminder, coming up Monday, no show, 4th of July. Tuesday, no Kirk and Company. Tony's gone. Tuesday afternoon. Dodger Danny's going to be in here, and Galen Williams, former uh, Arkansas high offensive lineman. It's like our offensive lineman week. Today was Caleb Hackelman. Tuesday is going to be Galen Williams. He's going to be in here Tuesday to sit down with us about 5.30. So you got all that going on in the next couple of days. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much to Caleb Hackelman for coming by, and we wish you guys a good weekend. Have a good 4th of July. We'll see you again on Tuesday right here, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan, 107.9. We'll be right back.